Yeah, it only took us how long to get here from Glasgow today? Eight okay. hours? So this is a great story. Uh, we missed our stop. And if you do that in England, you have to ride a train for two and a half extra hours. I've always wanted to see London for 30 seconds. And it was a pleasure. It was good. It's good. It was good. I don't know if you guys have done that. That's the way to see London. Just it get tur- there. So it turns out, I didn't know this, there will be no more announcements. Actually means there will be no more stops. I didn't know. I found out. Oh, yeah, we found out. <laughs> yeah, we found out. We had and a nice, it's fun. Nice, nice ride. And then the one here, they were like, well, there's no seats, so you have to stand. We are like, this sounds really fun. This is going to be a good time. Yeah. Um, but we but made at it. at least you have tra- trains. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We haven't... Uh, I mean, look, it's a whole technical advancement, the, the technology it takes to get a train. Uh, someday we'll have them in America, yeah. but right now that's a pie in the sky kind of thing. Well, right now because it's so hot, we've created a dense layer of pollution which kind of blocks it out, which is pretty smart. Um, uh, we're all gonna die. Mm-hmm, 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 mm-hmm. That's America's new slogan. Mm-hmm, yep, yep. And then uh, we'll come here and kill everybody else. Okay. <laughs> Didn't know about the second part of our plan. Well, it's. Well, the, the second part of America falls apart is all the other countries. The first the other countries go, oh, finally. And then they go, oh, my God. Because then everyone leaves. Which so they really should have, if they had done that, if they had done that before all this, would have made them more cultured. And then we wouldn't, eh, whatever, it's revisionist. We'll be fine. Anyway, why don't you yell the date? Let's get into this shit. You're listening to the right. dollop. <laughs> an American bicycle history podcast. (laughs) Each week, I, Dave Anthony, read a story from American history or English history to my friend Gareth Reynolds, who has no idea what the topic is going to be about. (laughs) And we're off. We're off. July 15th, 1858. Some guy said something. Mm-hmm. That's okay. Upset about the date. Yeah, sir. It's early to be angry. Emmeline Golden was born in a suburb of Manchester, England. Whoa. That's got to be fulfilling. Yep. Congratulations. Uh, she was the oldest of 10. Her father, Robert, ran a printing business and was very well off. Okay. Uh, he was a uh, member of the Liberal Party. Sure. <laughs> Both parents were activists. Emmeline was 14 when her mother, Sylvia, took her to a suffrage meeting. Okay. Wow. Early. Yeah. Uh (laughs) Something tells me you still have that attitude. Uh, But the family is still very traditional. Um, At 15, Emmeline went to a progressive school in Paris, as... One does. As kids do. Yeah, for sure. Uh, after, back in Manchester, she fell in love with Richard Pankhurst. Okay. Oh. 
What about you? <laughs> For those of you who don't know, buckle up. Emmeline was 20, Richard was 44. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> Woo, that is hey. low. Yeah. Wow. What he- wouldn't they talk about? <laughs> Uh, he was very well known in Manchester. He was a, a, a barrister, as you guys call it, mm-hmm. which is a weird word. Sure. Uh, a member of the National Association of, for the Promotion of Social Science, uh, okay. the Royal Statistical Society, the Manchester Chamber of Commerce, on and on. He's, okay. a, he's a man about town. Yeah, yeah. All right, move or shake her. 44. Yeah, she's 44. 20. She's 20. Going. I'm still thinking about mm. the age. Yep. Mm. Uh, he believed in redistribution of wealth. What? Nash. Nationalized land. Abolishing the monarchy? He didn't do it. Spoiler. Are still, yeah, none of those have happened. Yeah, it's, it's an exciting it's thing. It's actually getting worse. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and that women should be able to vote. Okay. That hasn't happened either. Uh, so they got married, and uh, she cranked out five kids pretty quick. Uh, cranked hurts, but keep going. <laughs> cranked. Yeah, she's not uh, like Jack in the Box. <laughs> yeah. Uh, you don't know how Jack in the Box works, do you? Turn to crank. <laughs> uh, it's pretty hard to not understand how a Jack in the Box works. Uh, let's see. So there's Christabel, uh, Sylvia, Adela, Frank, and Harry. Wait, uh, who are they? Those are the kids. Okay. <laughs> that was a band. Amelie took her kids to women's activist meetings. Uh, Richard ran for parliament. And Wait, her name's Amelie. Amelie. I, 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 uh, Amelie took her kids to the activist meetings. Richard ran for parliament, and he lost. Uh-huh. Uh, in 1884, they moved to London. Okay. In 1885, he ran for parliament again. Uh, he didn't have the money to bribe voters with alcohol. Well, he doesn't stand a chance. That's the whole platform. Yeah. And his Tory opponent put out handbills calling him, quote, an atheistic corrupter of Christian virtue. Mm-hmm. Which is probably awesome. fair, right? That's the guy I vote for. If yeah. you hand me that, I'm yeah. like, no, that's my guy. That's the name of a good party to yeah. join, yeah. Yeah, this guy sounds like he likes to fucking hang out. <laughs> sure does. So Richard lost. Okay. In 1889, the Pankhurst and Friends created the Women's Franchise League, the WFL. Okay. Wrestling. What? <laughs> In this I'm quarter. Sure. <laughs> Emily Amelie. <laughs> uh, it was, the, the, this uh, organization was to be more aggressive than other women's organizations. They thought the other organizations trying to get a women's vote were a little lackluster. Yeah, they were pussyfoot or penis yeah. footing. Penis footing. Their penis footing. Yeah. Uh, they held meetings at their home. Sure. Ameline was terrified of public speaking. Emeline was... Sure, sure. There's, that's Dave. That's Dave. Terrified of public speaking. What was Ameline feeling? Uh, rage. After... <laughs> after a meeting, one meeting, Richard yelled at her, quote, Why don't you force us to give you the vote? Why don't you scratch our eyes out? 
So he's, it was a good marriage. Yeah, so he's, yeah, that's yeah. cool. That's got to feel good. Um, Especially when he's 24 years older. You don't yeah. feel like he's a parent. Well, that's what you do. <laughs> yeah, no. It doesn't take on a creepy sort of teacher bad student vibe now. Now go to bed! Okay, and daddy. I'll follow you okay, in! I love you. Yes, yes, that's With right. With my hardness! Okay, oh my lord. I, uh, oh, sweet God. Uh, this had an impact. They moved back to Manchester. In, in 1894, Richard left the Liberal Party and joined the new Independent Labor Party. Okay. As he ran as an ILP candidate. Okay. Was his platform now to get people hammered? Because I'm telling you, that's a good one. I know. Yeah. I know. Uh, I'm a lean, organized... <laughs> free canteens for the unemployed. Okay. But her father was embarrassed when he saw her... You mean st- husband? Father. Oh, sorry. <laughs> easy mistake. It, very easy. easy. Well, dad's younger, so it's easy Obviously, to Obviously, it's about. one of those. Yeah. Uh, her father when, was, your, when your husband's giving your father career advice, like, keep your chin up. You're going <laughs> to... Come, come to my office Thursday, you know, bring your resume, and we'll talk. We'll, we'll do some talking. Mm-hmm. I'm going to go bang your daughter, who's so young. Who is so young. But she's so good in bed. Yeah. Like, if you get to my age, you can find someone that young. Mm-hmm. In 10 years, when you're my age, you will meet someone. Oh, my God. You should date my daughter. Oh, that'd be fun. <laughs> Just doing a little math on your joke here. It's not going it great. Uh... So her father was embarrassed when he saw her standing on a cart in public giving out food to the poor. Of course. That's mortifying. Could you imagine? Oh, my God. You'll catch it. Uh, no, no proper woman did such things. No. That's right. Uh, How dare so she? Her parents and some of her siblings did not speak to her again. Mm-hmm. Well, it's fucking gross. Like, it is. The poor are supposed to die. You don't... <laughs> Stand on something higher than the street and hand them food. Yeah, no. What a fucking animal are you? Yeah, yeah. It does sound horrible. <laughs> Emmeline began volunteering at a, a local workhouse for the poor. Quote, these little girls were clad summer and winter in thin cotton frocks, low in the neck and short-sleeved. At night, they wore nothing at all. Mm-hmm. Night dresses were being considered too good for paupers. Wow. So you have no, you just got to go birthday costume. Yeah, you got a yeah. birthday costume if you're a poor, right. a poor orphan right. situation. Right, so just no clothes. Yeah. It's cool. It's a good vibe for sure. It's yeah, just, yeah, yeah. Well, it's nice to tell a kid that they're, they're, they're not good enough for night clothes. Is there any way that I could potentially have some clothes on? No. But I'm so cold inside of there, and it's so cold in no. everybody. Oh, oh, maybe I should have been born into another class. Well, well you weren't. Well, to, to be fair... Who are you? To, to, to be are f- you a Tory? Um, You're not a Tory! No, my name's Aaron with an E. <laughs> well... <laughs> It's a very Oliver vibe, but for clothes. Yes. Please, sir, may I have a shirt? Another shirt? Sickening. (laughs) They're Uh, all naked. Yeah. It's weird. Emmeline now saw... Yeah. I mean, that's a different uh, movie. Yeah. 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 Uh, Emmeline now saw the women's vote as a necessity. Yep. 
She thought women would handle this situation a little bit better. Yeah. Though, Why? Because they're empaths and logical? Though she didn't want poor women to have the vote. Interesting line. That was for middle class and upper class women. Then they would enact policies to help poor women. Hmm. So let me into the party. I'll sneak you in the back. Yeah. Right. I don't buy it. Uh, in 1898, Emmeline was in Geneva when a telegram came from Richard. Okay. Oh, boy. Quote, please come home. I am not well. But he's like 100, so. Yeah. <laughs> he's aging very quickly. <laughs> While you were gone, I put on 50 years. <laughs> so on the way home, uh, she's riding the train, and she sees another passenger's newspaper, and in it, it says right there that Richard has died. Oh, Jesus Christ. <laughs> Talk about understating your telegram, which we've all done. Who hasn't done that? <laughs> Uh, he died of a perforated ulcer, just right there. Please come home. I'm dead. Oh! <laughs> that puts a gas on it, yeah. Uh, so she got a job, and she raised the kids. Okay. In 1903, Christabel was studying law, but with a little bit of a hiccup here. Mm-hmm. She could get a law degree, but since she was a woman, she couldn't be a lawyer. <laughs> so the point of... Uh, is that what they tell you at the end of school, like at graduation? And all you women, have, this is where your road ends. This is it. Congratulations. You've got a head full of knowledge and it's useless. You can help your husband lawyers maybe, but don't. That would be wrong. Yeah. Your little brains are not for that. Okay. Uh, Sylvia was at the Royal College of Art. Adela was studying to become a teacher. And then, so her kids are growing up. Sure. And so Emmeline decides to focus on getting the vote for women. Okay. All three daughters? Still the same policy as the poor women don't vote? Yeah, yeah. She's yeah, not okay. really into the poor women getting the vote. Okay. All three daughters were on board. They're like, let's do this. And they came up with a plan for an organization. It would not be a democracy. There would be a permanent leadership. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. David, <laughs> it really doesn't sound like a democracy. <laughs> it's... Uh, orders from leaders could not be questioned. David. Only women can join. Membership was one shilling. Women could work exclusively for this group until suffrage was won. If they tried to promote other causes or work for other causes, they would be tossed out of the group. If they questioned the group or orders, they would be tossed out of the group. Is this about the royal family? <laughs> And this became the Women's Social and Political Union. Okay. The WSPU. I don't really... Thought that would hit, us, hit something. What, you thought, Christabel... your, you, you thought your acronym was going to get something? It's just that you might go, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, the WSPU. <laughs> Fucking huge. That, oh, this, this, w, this is the Wispoo story? <laughs> I've always wondered where Wispoo came from. Yeah. For future reference, I don't get wowed with acronyms. I know. And not in that order, either. I can acronym that. You give me the acronym, tell me what it stands for. I might go, oh. I'm just giving you some notes. Christabel, uh, Amelie, and uh, Miss Jacob were the leaders. Women began speaking on uh, streets. 
to people just passing by, mm -hmm. which was very weird for them. Sure. For the people uh, passing by. I think for, the, for both. For I, everybody. You know, the women, that's not something that they ever did in right. society. Okay. Uh, they'd just climb on a stool and start talking. Uh, they'd mostly get heckled. It's all right. Stuff like, don't do that, you're a woman. Yeah. And like, it's Gareth. <laughs> Shit like that, I get yeah. it. He tried. Yeah. Uh, so uh, they would also they also started interrupting government meetings. Okay. Yelling, we we deserve the vote. Sure. Uh, and the group grew and grew and grew. MP uh, Keir Hardy said he'd introduce a woman's suffrage bill in Parliament. Okay. He's like, I'll do this, uh, but the Parliament's conservative uh, controlled at this point. Right. So he just kind of wanted to get it heard, get it out there. Sure. You know, on the floor. Right. On May 12th, 1905, suffragists waited outside as uh, the bill was the last on the schedule for the day. Okay. Uh, and then they sat outside. Mm-hmm. And sat outside. Okay. And it turned out the MPs were staging what I believe in England is called a talkout. Okay. What we call a filibuster. Right. Where they were just chatting and chatting and chatting and running out the time. Right. And then the session ended. And when Hardy came out to tell the women, the women heard the men in the background celebrating for preventing suffrage from being discussed. Okay. So they hear men celebrating and they're like, it's not good. <laughs> <laughs> Don't have a good vibe. Yeah. Uh, so uh, she goes back, uh, Amelie goes back to Manchester and Christabel sees her okay. and goes, uh, quote, I'm going to prison. Why? Is it, wait, is that like a choice? She's like, my law degree yeah, didn't yeah, work out, so I'm going to be a convict. She's, <laughs> they'll just let you in if you ask them. She's making a choice. I would like to live in jail. At the Liberal Party's Manchester campaign launch for the general election, there was no mention of suffrage. So uh, Christabel and her friend Annie are there, and they stood up, and they shouted, quote, Will the Liberal Party give votes to women? Christabel held a banner. Uh, a few men encouraged them, but most yelled things like, throw them out, or sit down, you girls. Yeah. This is a man talk time. It's weird, because I've never thought of Parliament as stuffy. Yeah. Or these people as, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. it just seems a little out of character. Yeah, they seem pretty open. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, they were asked uh, if their question uh, was answered at the end, if they would stay quiet. <laughs> this is a lie. They're going to run the clock so out again. So they agreed, and they wrote down the question and handed it to the, to the guy to read. Uh, and then it turns out he didn't answer it. And then Sir uh, Edward Gray rose to close the meeting, and uh, Christabel and Annie stood up and shouted, quote, Will the liberal government give women the vote? And then party stewards grabbed them and dragged them as they kicked and screamed out of the building. Some delegates slapped and pushed them as they passed by. One, one, one man then punched Christabel in the back of the head and yelled, yelled, quote, suffrage, I'll give these hussies something to suffer for. <laughs> Did you hear what I said? <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes, yes. It's just, oh. you did really hit oh, her. You yes, hit her in the head. In the back of the head. Yes. It is. Well, she was a woman talking. I understand, and I and I, she should get out of here, but yes. you just really, I mean, that is, I mean, you are... Uh, the, the, the joke, though. <laughs> yes, it's, yes, the joke, unbelievable. Correct. And what I love about the joke yeah. is it doesn't need all the bells and whistles. Thank you. You don't need to, don't listen further, okay. uh, because you don't need to punch her in the back of the head for that to work. That's a hat on a hat. 
Yes, but the punching is you know, so you good. Know that, you know that when it you feels deliver, good as a man. When you deliver... She was asking for the vote. Yes, you I, was, I was here. I was here. I just think you've misunderstood what punchline means. I don't. You say it. Your words do it. Yeah. Mm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, something to think Whoa. of because, again, it's mm. not a great look. Yeah. Mm. All right, you're in your hmm mode again. <laughs> Outside, the police restrained uh, their arms and the started women, to right. march it's them time off. To get, it's absolutely time to yeah. restrain well, these they, law-breaking... They, they were in a meeting and they stood up and said something. Yeah, absolutely. Christabel knew... Uh, to, res- to get arrested, she had to resist, right? But she couldn't because they were holding her arms. So she turned around and spat in the officer's face. Nice, nice, nice. But she couldn't get any spit. It was dry. So nothing came out, but the cop was still like, what the fuck? And he arrested her. <laughs> so it worked. So she, all right, yeah. So she mimed spat and he was like, that'll do. She yes, was really. trying. What matters is she had intent. Uh, so they, uh, they spent five days in prison. And they wanted to go to jail yes. to obviously like put some more well, press su- the Suffrage movie. had been pretty much ignored by newspapers, but this made headlines. Right. Woman almost spits. <laughs> Woman's cotton mouth almost results in no prosecution. Stoned lady can't do it. Uh, some... Papers tried to demean the women by calling them suffragettes. You know, what's amazing is that some papers tried to demean them because that means that a couple didn't. Well, there's some that weren't, yeah. Crazy, okay. Uh, By calling them suffragettes instead of suffragists. And the women liked it, and they were like, no, I like that better. And so they started calling themselves suffragettes. Suffragettes. Yeah, Yeah, I like it. It's got a little more Rockettes vibe now, yeah. Old friends from the Liberal Party chastise Ameline. Ameline. Oh, yeah? Okay. Mm, just rolls off the tongue. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Her job was threatened. Uh, she got many letters, however, uh, from women who were being treated as second-class citizens. Yeah. Like and more and women. more women signed up. Right, Okay. So membership tri- so mission accomplished. Mission in a way. accomplished yeah. because of the arrest. Membership tripled. Right. Okay. Their house uh, became the headquarters, and they went and heckled more politicians as much as they could. Okay. All of her women interrupted meetings and were thrown out, usually violently. The WSPU's goal was but they to- knew to drink water. They knew to hydrate before you yeah, get Yeah, yeah, they're hydrating out. now. Yeah. The spitters yeah. are happening. Yeah, you have like loogie practice. Yeah. You run loogie drills. Yeah. yeah, you get ready for war. The WSPU's goal was to get publicity. Mm-hmm. And with more publicity came more members. Uh, there were now six suffrage groups with 350,000 members. Okay. Wow. So in 1906, the Liberal Party won, and WSPU headquarters were moved to London. Okay. So on opening day of Parliament, they marched down to the House of Commons to sit in the ladies' gallery. Okay. Interesting. That's yeah. nice. It is. It's for ladies. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. That's uh, sure. They eventually allowed the women to enter in groups of 20 to speak. Okay. Hundreds stood in the freezing rain for hours waiting their turn. This but is after... England, so you just have to say people stood outside. <laughs> we know the condition. 
but after they all said what they uh, wanted to say, uh, no one in Parliament took them up on their cause. Okay. The very wealthy... Here this we is go. weird. Yeah, here Emmeline, we go. Perthwick Lawrence. Emmeline, sorry. <laughs> the very wealthy Emmeline Perthwick Lawrence and her husband joined the WSPU. Okay. Uh, and started a newspaper called Votes for Women. In May 1906, the House finally debated women's suffrage. Well, all right. Yeah. So, yeah. fucking making progress, right? Sure. But I feel like you saying that means that it's not happening. No. Yeah. Well... Yep, that's it. The debate, the debate was more male politicians thinking that's, it was hilarious that women would get involved in politics. Of course, it is uh, uh, always great for <laughs> the men to debate the women's rights. Yes, it's like, I know what it's like to be a lady. <laughs> I've tucked my penis between my legs and danced in the mirror. I'm familiar with the suffering they've been through. And let a guy fuck me in an alley. Good wait, lord! Wait, I didn't. Sorry, what was the... I was... I don't know if you need to keep talking. (laughs) I was thinking of when I was a sailor. Nope. I'm going to stop talking. Yes, uh, remember the advice I gave you 15 seconds ago? I... I like... Stop talking. It feels nice. That's... mm. Where... I'm just saying... No, don't do that. We're talking about another thing entirely, Dan. Wear something soft to bed. Once. Did you just smell your fingers? (laughs) Not okay. Stop Mm. hitting them. Quit taking rips off your hands. (laughs) Most agree that women were wonderful at being wives and mothers. Oh, yes. It's not like they can't do anything. Boy, oh boy, can they support the hell out of your life. But it would demean them to give them the vote and elect them to public office. Yes, they don't understand how tough it would be. They would be lost. These foolish, foolish women. Adorable. Somehow the resolution was defeated. Hmm. What just happened? Someone didn't understand that the men didn't like it. Uh, Christabel graduated. I mean, why isn't it called Womanchester? That's my question, huh? Huh? See those guys over there with me? Christabel graduated from law school and worked for the WSPU. Because she could not be a lawyer. They held street meetings, handed out leaflets, carried banners on the street, and hung banners in, act- in factories. They scrawled votes for women on shop windows with soap. The goal was to get London talking about suffrage. Right, by banners and soap. Many of the women couldn't comprehend making a street speech, so Emmeline hosted tea parties and literally would stand up on chairs and demonstrate how to give a speech in the street. <laughs> She's got to do a master in class? The, well, they did, they, did, they did role play. Yeah. You see, now I am now standing up on a chair making myself taller than other people. (laughs) And I'm saying something important, and I'm gesturing with my hands, and I'm letting people know that I have a big point. Now you try it, Sally. (laughs) Now come on, get up, try it. No. Try it. No. Try it. No. Get up. (laughs) Sorry. You bit my hand. Yeah. (sighs) I have a stool phobia. Well, here, do it on this chair. No. 
I don't like chairs. Do it on the soapbox. I don't like standing I think high. this is more than being high on things. <laughs> Bert told me no. Bert, your dog? Yes. <laughs> Sally. <laughs> on Tuesday, October 23rd, 1906, two or three women entered the House of Commons at a time, saying they were there to meet their MPs. Okay. Western Gazette, quote, At half past four, the suffragettes screamed suddenly to go mad, seemed suddenly to go mad. One woman jumped on a chair and began to speak. The London Not e- Sally, obviously. No. She is... I would never. The London Evening Standard, quote, Chief Inspector Scantlebury. I mean, come on. What? I mean, come Sh- uh, on. That guy got the job only off the name. Yeah. What's his name? Scantlebury. Give me the whole title. Sir, shut up. S- Chief Inspector. Chief Inspector Scantlebury. Chief Inspector from Scooby-Doo Land. <laughs> Chief Inspector Scantlebury lifted the first woman just as if she were a bundle of clothes. What? Bodily carried her, kicking and screaming down the steps of St. Stephen's Hall. There he deposited her. The there he, he deposited his struggling burden in the street, hot and breathless. He returned to the scene. I mean, that's there's some a, slanted commentary, too. That there's is a, there's a, a bundle of clothes deposited. Yeah, someone someone made someone it a views little... women as objects. <laughs> it's hard if you decipher the language. <laughs> but once the first woman was grabbed, and another leapt up and started speaking. On and on it went like this. It turned into total chaos. Women grabbed furniture, banisters, anything they could reach, and clung to it as men tried to remove them. That is, I mean, the men were like a lady bomb went off. <laughs> they are everywhere. Get out of here. Let go of that chair. That's our chair. Oh, these women. Eventually. One of them was standing. (laughs) My heart has stopped beating. Oh, for fuck's fucking fuck. No. The last thing you cannot see is a woman looking you in the eyes. I'm dying, Ted. I'm dying. Do me a favor. I have a simple request. Kill every woman. Fulfill it. He. You guys heard him. I'm still alive a little and not feeling great about the actions you're taking to fulfill my dying. I'm going to open a hotel in Chicago for the World's Fair. What? (laughs) Sounds possible. (laughs) Eventually, all of the women were removed. Ten were arrested. Adela was one of them. In court, they refused to testify. Then one woman unfurled a banner. Okay. Quote, someone grabbed the banner, protests, howls, screams, and shouts. This is the same writer as the previous. It's got a Miss, real flair. Uh, Miss Baldock was hauled right off, struggling and shouting. Miss Miller had to be dragged away as she held on to the solicitor's bench. Miss Billington and Miss Gothorpe's fingers had to be unclasped before they could be removed. So they- hard to unclasp a digit, too. <laughs> the work. Yeah. yeah. They were hauled out of court, leaving shreds of clothing, hats, hairpins, and paper strewed along the floor. Oh, boy. So it's chaos in court, too. Yeah. Yeah. Hat pins and hats everywhere. We know what that leads to. Stabbings. So Emmeline asked for a meeting with Chancellor H.H. Asquith. What the fuck? Dave, come on. Are you... These names. Asquith? Asquith sounds like when you shart. It is... 
ju- I just looked it up backstage. It is 100% ass quiff. She actually said it's ass quite. Oh, I know she'll be yelling in a minute. He, he refused a meeting. She said, well, we're coming anyway, and we're going to your house. Interesting. Uh, so they go to his house, and he ran out the back and sped off in his car. <laughs> what a loser. I'm a man. <laughs> Two days later, a group of 30 women showed up, uh, but they were met by police who ripped banners from their hands, and some women were hit. One woman yelled, quote, we will go forward. You have no right to strike women like that. And a cop punched her in the face and choked. <laughs> it was a weird laugh. You started to laugh. Yeah. And they're like, oh, wait, I shouldn't be laughing at that. It's like, and then you kind of want to laugh. The devil's at the details. <laughs> <laughs> he punched her in the face and choked her until she was blue. And then she was arrested for assaulting a police officer. Oh, my which, God. By the way. Which is very American. Uh, that is just about to say, that's how it works in America. Yeah, 100%. Yeah. yeah. The WSPU began opposing liberal candidates in by-elections. Okay. Do you know what a by-election is? Yep. I'll explain it they for do Americans. It once, they do it every two weeks. Yeah, so uh, <laughs> it's like, yes, it's like if someone leaves before their term is supposed to be up, and it's like a, you know, right. what we call it, we call it an off-election. Right, right? yep. Yeah. Uh, so uh, they were feeling betrayed by the broken promises of the Liberal Party. So on February 12th, 1907, it was opening day of par- Parliament, and Emmeline held a women's parliament at Caxton Hall, where they decided to send a delegation to the House of Commons to deliver a resolution. Okay. Sounds all very professional. Sure. I've got a real feeling there'll be a banner. <laughs> uh, they got there. They were stopped by police and told to leave. Sure. Uh, they wouldn't leave. And then mounted cops arrived. Then mountain cops? Mounted. Mounted cops? Mounted. On, on, on horses. Mounted. Mounted. Gotcha. The women still fought to get to the door until they were arrested. They were bailed out, and they came back the next day. Again, the cops were there, and they kept fighting to reach the door. And this time, they were beaten. Over 50 women were arrested, including Christabel and Sylvia. Uh, They all took 14 days in jail over a fine. Okay. Because they want to be in jail. Well, they don't want to, but you know what I mean. Right. Yeah. This incident turned many newspapers from anti to pro suffragette. Because they were beaten. Yeah, I mean, that's how it is for a guy. You, don't, you see some of a woman's not, is doing that you don't like, and then someone punches her in the face, and you're like, oh, okay. <laughs> men are pretty cool. Easy to sway. That's what we've always said about that's men. That's right. Yeah. Oh, well, now you punched her. Now yeah. I have to like that. Uh, they asked why it's the, a rare stance, by the way. Yeah, yeah. They asked why the government was afraid of petitions and was sending mounted troops to fight women. <laughs> totally legitimate yeah. question. Yes, fair, <laughs> fair, fair ask. Uh, a month later, the women were again prevented from presenting their resolution. Okay. This time, seventy-five women were arrested again, <laughs> hitting the whole. It all goes on again. Yeah. Uh, Emmeline traveled to England to influence. By elections. Sorry, traveled around England to influence by elections. By early 1908, the WSPU helped defeat a liberal candidate in Newton Abbott, a liberal stronghold. Okay. Uh, the, uh, that night, uh, Emmeline and her friend were walking back to their lodging. So they just had a big fucking night. They're like, we killed it. Yeah, Dave, don't, you don't need to like That's it. That's all the No, you don't story. need to like fake set the scene of like, hey, they had a great night. They're just taking a walk home. Walking home. Yep. Yeah, we did Something's it. about to happen. Something Some stupid. young men saw them and threw clay and rotten eggs. 
They were clay workers, so they did. <laughs> well, it's still, yeah. I don't want to make it sound like it was just people walking around eating with a bunch of clay. <laughs> Quick, melt your pots. <laughs> and the rotten eggs? Uh, they just had those just in case. Just what you carry around in, in your case, pants, yeah. Just in case For women sure, showed yeah, up. Yeah, right, yeah. That's called courting. Uh-huh. <laughs> uh, the two women tried to escape behind a building down a small lane, but the boys were waiting for them. Uh, Emmeline's friend was beaten. A shopkeeper saved her, and then they turned on Emmeline. Quote, expected to get into the house, too, but as I reached the threshold, a staggering blow fell on the back of my head. Rough hands grasped the collar of my coat, and I was flung violently to the ground. Uh, Just then, the police arrived. It took months for her to cover from her injuries. Uh, Still, a few days later, she was speaking to 100,000 people in Yorkshire for the next by-election. Wow. How many? 100,000 people? Yeah. Wow. That's cool. Now, all right, there's numbers now. There's numbers. Yeah. The new session of Parliament... And all you had to do was get beaten a bunch and turned into pots. That's right. (laughs) The new session of Parliament opened, and it was a repeat as the previous ones. They took the resolution to the door. The cops stopped them. Fighting ensued. Fifty women were arrested. The prosecutor said if they did this again, he would dust off the Tumultuous Petitioning Act of 1661. And you don't want that. That is such a parliament threat. Don't make me get tumultuous on you, ladies. Don't you make me dust off. You wouldn't like me when I've dusted off. (laughs) Okay, so that act says no group larger than 12 people was allowed to petition the monarch or the House of Commons. Well, that's a bullshit rule. It's a fucking great rule. It is if you're them. Yes. Yes, the elites, obviously. So Amelie then decided to lead a delegation herself of more than 12 women. It's a problem. Uh, None none of the other women want her to do it. They're like, she's the one they don't want to get fucking hurt, right? Right. And she's just been beaten up. So they're like, what if you don't do this? But she's like, no, I'm doing it. Uh, So uh, Emily and eight others were arrested under the Tumultuous Petitioning Act. But the government then realized that they were trying to get arrested because then they could say right, they man, were... really, the go- <laughs> a male government really figures shit out fast, don't they? <laughs> no, 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 hear me out. I've got a feeling this is what they want. Can uh, you believe it? Well, they wanted, the, they wanted to get petitioned under the act so uh, they could be considered political prisoners because right. political prisoners were treated better than your you know, common street thug. So the government then switched it and instead charged them as common criminals. Okay, so now they can just... Be regular prisoners. Yeah. Right. Uh, now, Emmeline had not been in jail yet, and she was shocked. The smell was terrible. Mm-hmm. Quote, soon I found myself sickening for fresh air. My head began to ache. Sleep fled. I think she just means she can't sleep. Right. Yeah. It I've didn't had flee. That. Sleep like didn't jet-led. actually go anywhere. Yeah. It doesn't run away. Well. Oh, go sleep. It's the Sandman. <laughs> Where'd he go? He's, in, he's behind that chair. <laughs> I lay all night suffering with cold, gasping for air, aching with fatigue, and painfully wide awake. I was kept in solitary. Wow. So in April 1908, uh, Mr. Asquith became prime minister. Prime Minister Asquith? Yeah. <laughs> I know, okay. right? It's not a good name. <laughs> David Lloyd George became the chancellor. He's here tonight. 
don't, don't think you're going to enjoy this story. Uh, Emmeline announced a rally in June in Hyde Park. The la- largest crowd that had ever gone to Hyde Park had been 72,000 okay. for a rally. Sir, no, I, hold on, hold on. Did sir, you hear honestly, the people around you? Sir, they, sir I'm just going to say it once. Shut the fuck up. Go ahead. The suffrage got the suffragettes got five hundred thousand. Wow! So, so they beat the old record by four hundred and twenty-five thousand. Nothing like it had ever been seen before. So they're like, okay, this is a fucking moment of change. We're actually doing something. Something is happening. Right. That night, Christabel sent the prime minister a resolution. And he responded that women's suffrage was somewhere in, quote, a remote and speculative future. Oh, so a commitment. <laughs> Finally, someone is in. It's How an English of- way of saying no. <laughs> How big of a chair do you have to stand on for 500000 <laughs> It's a lot of chairs. Yeah. Uh, so all these women who have been hopeful that day were now really fucking angry. Two women went to number 10 Downing Street and threw a rock through a window. Nice. Good start. That should come back. Women then interrupted uh, more MPs meetings. David Lloyd George became so angry with all the interruptions, he said the women should be gagged or have sacks thrown over their heads. Jesus Christ. He told his stewards to, quote, ruthlessly throw the women out. The day before a demonstration, Amelie, Christabel, and uh, another woman were arrested for publishing handbills that would incite the public to do a certain illegal act. Mm. That's what it said. Do we know what the act is? No. Okay. That night, 60,000 suffragettes uh, marched and 24 women were arrested. In court, Christabel said she'd act as an attorney for the three women. The judge allowed it even though she wasn't a lawyer because she... She only had a law degree. Was... A woman. Yeah. yeah. Just so it's because, like, yeah. okay, you can play fake lawyer. <laughs> wow, she's pretty good for someone who doesn't know anything. <laughs> so Emily was sentenced to three weeks. Cristobal got 10 weeks in jail. Uh, so she's out in the courtyard and she hasn't seen Cristobal in uh, like a week. Okay. And she yells her name and she's like, I'm over here. And she goes over and holds uh, Cristobal's arm. And she is then classified as a dangerous criminal. Yeah, well, you hold an arm. Look out. The WSPU began holding daily protests at the jail in Oliver Britain. Whenever the prime minister and the cabinet went, they were accosted by women. More women were arrested and jailed. And then they became... More women were arrested in jail? And jailed. And jailed. I was like, that, you can't do that. Well, they well, can. you're going to prison's prison. Oh, no. Double prison for you. You're going to the real jail. Oh, no. Inside the jail. Oh, no. Double jail. Ah! (laughs) Double jail. (laughs) Well, Miss Parkhurst, it's time for double jail. (laughs) (laughs) It's like Russian dolls. That's it. Put her in the other jail. The jail within the jail that's inside of prison. (laughs) And then the woman began hunger strikes. This got a lot of publicity and sympathy. Okay. And then jail started releasing the women before their sentences were done because they didn't want the blame for serious health problems. Right. The women would break 
so the women would at, ha- have like a uh, what do you call it? Um, party or- organized uh, event. It's not the right word. Uh, All at once they oh, would synchronized. Synchronized. Yes. So they would do it. They would do it across jails. Uh, they would all at once break the windows of their cells, okay, and then start a hunger strike. Okay, uh, so after usually a week, they'd be released. On February twenty ninth, nineteen oh nine, Amelie led another delegation to the House of Commons. This time, she followed the law and had a group of only ten women. Okay, she was arrested for breaking. Trying to give a piece of paper to the House of Commons. <laughs> sure. Right. All right. I mean, that's literally why they're being arrested. Yeah. 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 They're not allowed to bring a fucking letter. Uh, the next uh, group of 10 arrived, same thing. They're arrested on and on. After so the law group of 12. After group. Right. So the yeah. law means nothing. Right. So that day, women began throwing stones at government buildings. They smashed windows at the Admiralty Office, the Home Office, the Treasury, the Privy Council offices. 108 women were arrested and 14 went to jail. Okay. So it's stepping up a little bit, getting yeah. a little hot. Yeah. The government didn't know how to deal with these stubborn women. They, I don't know. What about go away? It's yes. not. Please stop. Please. You know your women. I yell and then you don't. <laughs> if you have no idea how history works. <laughs> it's really it's just, not yeah, right. Awkward, yes. They were sent to solitary confinement. They were handcuffed for 24 hours straight. They were put into straitjackets. Absolutely nothing, nothing was breaking the women. It, and it only seemed to increase their militancy. Mm-hmm. Right. So the government began to force feed the hunger strikers. What? You can't. That's... Yes, that was actually illegal. It was illegal? Yes. Okay. But laws don't matter. How does one force feed? Okay. Is it like how you make pate? <laughs> so you were only allowed to... You waterboard with fries? Yes. Sorry, you put chips? a McDonald's fry up each nose. Yeah. Then you get down. <laughs> yeah. You blow it in. Yeah. Uh, so you were only allowed to force feed someone if they were insane and wouldn't eat. It's <laughs> a crazy law. Right, you're mad. Eat. <laughs> you ready? Quote. Two doctors and the wardresses appeared in her cell and forced Miss Lee down to the bed and held her there. To the horror, the doctors, to her horror, the doctors produced a rubber tube two yards in length. It is pate. And this he began to stuff up her nostril. Ugh. Why? What? The pain was so dreadful that she shrieked again and again. Three of the wardresses burst into tears. What's a wardress? I think it's like a female prison guard. Okay, right. Uh... Burst into tears, and the junior doctor begged the other doctor to desist. Having his orders from government, the doctor persisted, and the tube was pushed down into Ugh. the stomach. One of the doctors... Had this been done before, or this is just your guinea-pigging it? Well, they'd done it to... Yeah, they'd done it to... Uh, in insane, the insane, right. Yeah, but yeah. Not, I don't think they'd done it to just prisoners who right. didn't want to eat. One Do you of the, get to say what you want? <laughs> Ah, 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 meatloaf. Ah. Right, the gravy, the ah. gravy. Get the gravy, get the gravy. Get, you're going to love this. We worked on this all day. <laughs> what vegetable do you want as a side? What vegetable do you want peace, as a side? Peace, peace. Peace it is. That's <laughs> ah, ah. yeah, really good. That was delicious. <laughs> One of the doctors, standing on a chair and holding the tube high, poured liquid food through a funnel Almost suffocating the poor victim. Oh, my God. 
So they're doing that to all the women now. Oh, my God. All who are on a hunger strike. Prime Minister Asquith now traveled with bodyguards. By the way, Asquith sounds like what happens after you get force-fed. That's what it is. (laughs) He's now traveling with bodyguards, an official, quote, chuckers out. Cool. So, so they had like 30 seconds to pick a name? Where are my chuckers out? Yep, that'll do. Let's keep moving. We've got it. Their job was to toss women who interrupted meetings out. <laughs> really good name then, obviously, yeah. <laughs> in 1910, a committee in the House of Commons drew up a bill that gave the vote to women householders and owners of businesses paying 10 months or more rent uh, or more so in it, rent a year. It's baby steps, but they are starting to be like, okay, I mean, it's classism still, obviously, it's but still, they are starting to be like, like... how many women are in that time? Homeowners or business like, owners. Right, yeah. okay. So, right. Uh, but still, PM Asquith vetoed it. Nice. No! <laughs> Sorry, I picture it. Yeah. On November 18th, 1910, Parliament convened for the autumn session. The women returned and marched in groups of 10. Amelie led the first group. Crowds helped hold back the police so the women could climb the steps. Okay. She was at the door when she heard a scream. Emmeline, quote. Then they laid hands on the women and literally threw them from one man to another. Some of the police used their fists, striking the women in their faces, their That's breasts, not their shoulders. Right. Well, they would. They're they're doing the. They're throwing them to each other, and then a guy would hit her and throw her back. Super cool. That age as well, right? <laughs> One woman I saw thrown down with violence three or four times in rapid succession until at last she lay only half conscious against Jesus the curb. Jesus fucking Christ! Every moment the struggle grew fiercer as more and more women arrived on the scene. It went on for an hour, throwing women around and punching them. Mounted cops were then brought in. Women kept trying to... Weren't the mounted cops also beating the women? Yes. Okay, so the cops are like, right, right, break it up. Let us beat them. Run them down with horses as well as beating them. A little bit of both. Sure. Right, options. Women kept trying to climb the steps, and cops kept beating them. And the crowd became more angry. Quote, people began to demand why the women were being knocked about. Why, if they were breaking the law, they were not arrested. Why, if they were not breaking the law, they were not permitted to go unmolested. Right. And yet it went on and on for five hours. Holy shit. They weren't just being hit by cops, but also men who were there. And of course, they were being groped. Then they finally started making arrests after five hours. 115 women and four men were arrested. They were bruised, choked, and injured. Inside the House of Commons, members asked the Prime Minister to just receive the deputation. Right. And he refused. I like this Asquith. He's really cool. Yeah, he's great. If only we had a villain in this story. Yeah. Who would it be? (laughs) It's hard to pick one. Yeah. I think it's the horses. (laughs) The headquarters, uh, Caxton Hall, was turned into a makeshift hospital. Volunteer doctors and nurses treated them. The seriously injured were transferred to the hospital. Emmeline's sister, Mary Clark, would go on to die from the injuries she received that day, as would two other women. It became known as Black Friday. Well, which we now celebrate (laughs) every year by getting a cheap TV. And... And, uh, and yeah. it's a similar vibe it's because on Black Friday you still are allowed to not only beat women yeah. but beat anybody if they're reaching for, you know... Your TV, your blender, yeah, whatever. Yeah, whatever it is. If they're getting to the Vitamix before you, you may yeah. beat them. Yeah. 
That's right. So it is an homage. It's still a holiday. We celebrate in America. It's great. That was the weirdest thing, being in Sweden. They're like, no, yeah, we have Black Friday. Uh, everywhere. Everywhere. You're like, why did this happen? Oh, capitalism. Yeah, and then Cyber Monday. Uh, the House of Commons now said they would take up the consolation bill, and a truce was called. A truce between the, uh, the women. men who keep beating the women and the women who keep getting beaten? Yeah. Yeah, okay, sure. So they're not going to harass, uh, heckle, do the... The women aren't going to show up anymore That's right. to uh, not break the law, and the men agree to no longer beat them for not breaking the law. <laughs> That's a pretty... The meat in the middle. Oh, That's nice. You, That's cool. When you put it that way. Yeah, no, that makes sense. But Prime Minister Asquith Here killed we go. He, the bill again. Women hit the streets with hammers and stones. There we go. Yeah. Yes. They broke hundreds of windows in the Home Office, the War and Foreign Offices, the Board of Education, the Privy Council, and others. Can I just say that's why I think you need a five-day waiting period to get a hammer? (laughs) Because what you're doing is you're just acting on your emotions. Yep. And you got to do a background check to see if someone, because that's what we have in America, right? That's why you hear about all these school hammerings. It's just coming from people... You know, who are, you're not, are they mentally, you know, are they mentis compass? You've got to know, yeah. Like I said, we just need hammer, hammer-proof backpacks. Well, and also, that's why we've got to start giving the teachers hammers. Yeah. You give the teachers they hammers. Teachers hammers. It's, not a, it's yeah. not a mental health crisis. You know who else had a hammer, though? Who? Jesus Christ. Yep. Thank you. <laughs> Our boy. <laughs> First guy to build a bunch of shit. <laughs> uh. 220 women were arrested. Okay. They finally were allowed a meeting with Asquith. By the way, though, if you're in the hammer business right oh now, my like, God. Oh, honey, or, get more. This is amazing. Or the rock business. <laughs> I, I mean, don't know if that's a thing. I don't think it is. I think no, those just, are out on the street. Just, I would just hang out by Parliament with a wheelbarrow full of rocks. Like, <laughs> no, I'm just here. I don't know. I'm just hanging out. Oh, is it resolution day? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know why. I'm just making a new sidewalk. <laughs> Uh, so they were finally allowed a meeting with Asquith and Lloyd George. Mm. It was Christabel and five other women. Christabel told Asquith he had, Asquith Asquith. Sorry, thank you. He had tricked and misled them, and he responded with empty promises. So then Christabel told him, "Quote: We are not satisfied." And he replied, "Quote: I did not expect to satisfy you." To be fair, that was his policy with all women in any circumstance. <laughs> Just, it's a blanket system. <laughs> I've never satisfied a woman before, and I never will. Uh, whew, that was quick. Anyway, <laughs> roll me a cigarette, will you? Whew. I'm famished. Put some of those fries in my stomach through the tube. Oh, don't look so displeased. I almost made it in. Come on down to Tube Fridays for Gravy Day. Two Fridays, you don't need to use your mouth. (laughs) One of the results of Black Friday was that the women weren't going to demonstrations unprepared ever again. Some started putting cardboard under their clothes to protect their ribs. Uh... Like they do in prison! That's the craziest... Isn't there also a better option? What like you, say, like not getting hit. Well, no, like iron. 
Steel? Yeah, yeah. I mean, cardboard. Maybe. Like I, that's right. Fortify your chest with blankets. Iron's a little. Iron's a little thick. Yeah, I mean, but I don't know how much they had available. You know, but yeah, you're right. Thank they you. Might have, they might have put other stuff in there. Well, that's um, just my only note. And then I, I should have looked up this woman's. You can just yell it when yeah, I say. Yeah, whenever it you're ready, just shout it out. And then there was Edith Garud. Well, got to ask, got to ask the suffragette up, up back. Some there was a nice pause though. Yeah, yeah, it was a yeah. There was there was thought. So, <laughs> we now have an arbiter of names up there. Yes, I'll allow it. I want to see where this name goes. So Edith was married. Okay. And her and her husband were jujitsu experts. <laughs> Dave, ah, this is a nice twist. And jujitsu <laughs> experts. Go, baby, go. Let's hear it. And she'd been around for a bit helping women learn how to defend themselves right. when they were attacked, heckling MPs. Sure. Like, oh, just, you I know. mean, arming women with jujitsu to beat up MPs? <laughs> Yes! This is good. So now all suffragists were encouraged to learn the martial art. And that became obviously even more so after Black Friday. Uh, Edith now headed up a group of jujitsu trained protectors. Dave! (laughs) Called. Oh, yes. The bodyguard. Mm. 30 women who undertook, quote, dangerous duties. This sometimes, is, this sometimes is like they Tarantino would ju- territory Well, sometimes now. they would just get a message, and it would be like, you're going to follow this car for 15 minutes. Like, they would just yes. get, like, crazy right. shit to do. And just be ready to do whatever. The press nicknamed them Amazons. That's not surprising. They would carry Because clubs. sometimes... You would order them, and you'd never know when they'd come. No. Oh, go ahead. They carried clubs hidden under their clothing. The what are dub- they wearing? They're just wearing cloaks. Well, they just—they're trying to look like anybody else, right? But it yeah. sounds like they've got a lot yeah, of layers it, on, it and was, they're hiding like stuff under there. Well, it was hard for them to carry the clubs, for sure. Sure. The WSPO announced a demonstration on March fourth, nineteen twelve. What they didn't announce was the demonstration on March 1st. Uh, yes. A bunch of women yes. uh, showed up at 10 Downing Street and started throwing stones through the windows. Then they were arrested. And then in another area of the city, a group of women began throwing stones. Mm-hmm. And they were arrested. And then another group in another area of the city started throwing stones. And every 15 minutes, a new group would attack another part of the city. And they didn't just hit government buildings. They broke windows of shops, banks, post offices, and more. So now this is where it's like Homeland, where you've got the cork board and the yarn. Like, look, there's a pattern over here. Every 15 minutes, one of them strikes. It's making a W. Oh, my God. Now, on March 4th, for the actual announced demonstration, thousands of cops were waiting at Parliament Square. 
But the women were in Knightsbridge, where they started throwing rocks and breaking windows. I love how it's an era where, like, you're just totally taking it your word for when you're going to damage stuff. Well, what are you guys doing on the 4th? That works for us if we can do it after four. If we can do that after four, great. Let's do that. We'll do that. We'll meet around here. You'll beat the shit out of us. You'll force us to eat. That'll work great. Uh, when they were lectured about the sanctity of private property... And schedules. Suffragettes responded, quote, If the government is deaf to our petitions, perhaps they can hear the smashing of glass. Dave, is there a better mantra for today? It's <laughs> a hell, like, yeah. It's like that's a let's the just feeling say, you get. The feeling you get when you sign an online petition, yeah, you should not get. <laughs> that's not a feeling you should get. You should not be allowed to have that feeling. That feeling should be bottled inside of you until you are getting trained in jujitsu. You have dress bats and you're ready to fucking throw stones every 15 minute coordinated. I mean, that's like that's how you do shit. Yeah. Also, they had a really good writer. Whoever wrote that line. Yeah. Right. So, uh, Emily and 200 women were given two months in jail. Okay. She went on a hunger strike and received another warrant while in jail. Mr. and Mrs. Pethwick uh, Lawrence were also arrested and jailed. A warrant was put out for Christabel, who fled to Paris. At her trial... Great place to flee that time of year, by the way. Oh, the fucking Gorgeous. At her trial, Emily quoted an old statement by David Lloyd George. Quote, there comes a time in the life of people suffering an injustice when the only way to maintain one's self-respect is to revolt against that injustice. Mm. <laughs> it's the guy that... Uh, do you remember when you said that and now you're uh, force-feeding me through tubes, you y- fucking piece of shit? Yes. Do you remember that when you yes. said that? Yes. That was you. Yes. Yeah, hi. Hey. I'm going to throw a rock at your head. Oh, but my head's... No. <laughs> Please no. <laughs> so uh, they got nine months and, of course, went on a hunger strike. Yeah. Suffragists and other jo- jails joined them. There were over 80 hunger strikers, and the government went back to force feeding. Jesus Christ. Anytime a woman was mistreated in jail, the suffragists in jails across the city would smash out cell windows and go on hunger strikes. <laughs> Angry members of, the, of parliament questioned Asquith about the forced feeding he said they had... not handling this right. No, he's... Yeah. Like, I mean, this obviously. Is, this, is, this is really just <laughs> like, how do you not do something? Right. What's the worst way to handle a situation? Ignore it. And It'll then keep away. saying, fuck off. Yeah. Uh, so he said the women had an option to sign a pledge not to engage in militant suffrage activity. Uh, duh. We've given them the option to stop. They could not do this. What's wrong with them? Their brains. They have cake recipes. <laughs> Emmeline went into a semi-conscious state and began hallucinating. Nice. She. <laughs> it's got to be some sort of. Uh, I do that in Big Bear twice a year. Yeah, it's like a, I think it's a defensive mechanism. Your bodies, huh? What? <laughs> it's poison. We're talking about psilocybin. I think so. Sorry, I started thinking about a bunch of stuff. What's up? Yep. <laughs> Uh, She could hear the screaming of women being force-fed all over the prison, and when they came for her, she grabbed a heavy... I just ate. That's the move. I just did it. I ate. I'm stuffed. Thank you. She grabbed a heavy jug 
a ceramic jug and held it over her head and threatened to hit them with it if they tried to force feed her. So the doctors left. <laughs> Pretty two easy. Day, two days later, she and uh, Miss Lawrence were released on medical grounds. Miss Lawrence had been force fed twice a day for more than 10 days Ugh. and was released in a state of complete collapse. Emmeline and Miss... Wait, she's... Uh, be, I mean, because, like... It's obviously force feeding. It's not the way you're supposed to ingest nutrients, but it's having an ill effect. Like she's getting yeah, it's fucking them up. Yeah, yeah, fuck, completely. Right, okay, right. So great uh, plan again. Emmeline and Miss uh, Pethwick Lawrence were emaciated. Their skin was yellow, and dark circles were under their eyes. After a few days in a nursing home, they were well enough to leave. Emmeline went to Paris to see Christabel. Back in London, a third consolation bill failed to pass. Can I just say that this story really makes our crazy ride on the train today not seem so harrowing? <laughs> I'm kind of thinking back to the no. beginning when we were talking There's about it. Be... And our attitude today of like, oh, this is going to take forever. Has anything ever been worse? <laughs> I mean, imagine. We had to sit on a train for five hours. <laughs> uh, if they'd force fed me a sausage roll, veggie one. Mm. <laughs> Could I have two? Thank you. Ah. <laughs> He's chewing. <laughs> Emmeline issued a declaration after the consolation bill failed to pass. It was printed in leaflets and in newspapers. It said the government had been warned and now would reap the harvest of their unstatesmanlike folly. You are right that whoever is the writer is, like, pretty solid. I mean, I don't know if it's <laughs> her or, or, or Chris Ball, but whoever's writing this shit, it's just like, wow. Winter hey, is coming. Uh, yeah, what does that mean? So what the fuck does it's that so, mean? What does that so mean? winter is coming. What is she saying? What the fuck just what happened? Saying? We're winning, aren't we? I don't know. Very <laughs> cryptic. I don't like it. <laughs> well, all over uh, the UK, Severed just understood the message. Women uh, disfigured historic buildings with tar and acid. Robes, roads were barricaded. Galleries and monuments were burned and damaged. Women learned when parliament members' homes were empty and tried to burn them down. And by the way, that is so, so smart as well. Like, you're yeah. not just going out there just, like, burning down the houses. You're, like, waiting until they're yeah. gone, and then it's just property damage. Windows... Windows of MPs' homes were smashed. At golf courses where wealthy politicians played, women burned votes for women into the turf. That is how you get the elites. <laughs> More sand traps. How am I supposed to butt? Oh, no. I'm right in the middle of that. Oh. <sighs> A woman confronted Prime Minister Asquith on a golf course. But the newspapers hmm. asked the WSPU not to interfere with a game that helped weary politicians think clearly. <laughs> Dave, I'm going to need a bucket to throw up in. Wow, the fucking balls. It's almost like the press isn't great. Yeah, thank God it's... Changed. <laughs> but Mr. and Mrs. Pethwick Lawrence were horrified by this sudden, quote, senseless destruction of property. 
They felt the WSPU had public sympathy after the force feedings, but were throwing it all away. Mm. And they left the group. Others followed them. The WSPU published a new paper called Suffragette. Emmeline uh, called a meeting and said, quote, there is something that governments care more for than human life, and that is the security of property. And it is through property that we shall strike the enemy, be militant, each in your own way. And my last word is to the government, incite this meeting to rebellion. And more attacks occurred. Post offices became a favorite target. Chemicals were poured into letterboxes and set on fire. Oh, and this time, too, it's like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, there were many arrests. Such an impactful move. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Prime Minister Asquith took a trip to Dublin where he was expecting to be cheered and honored. Mm-hmm. Um, I like the setup, Dave. Hit us with it. Irish suffragists followed him everywhere and heckled oh. and yelled at him. Which <laughs> He's like, I miss the English ones. <laughs> uh, uh, Irish Journal, quote, it transpires that during the process of the procession, a hatchet was thrown at the carriage in which Mr. <laughs> and Mrs. Asquith and a Mr. Redmond were seated. Uh, Later, it was noticed that Mr. Redmond had a cut on the ear from which blood was flowing. Wow. Well, that's my favorite suffragette. Yeah, I, have, I mean, yeah. She's anonymous. Let me guess, Asquith doesn't go to Ireland a lot anymore. <laughs> After Redmond's ear got hatcheted in a carriage. That's why they call him Redmond. The next night, the Prime Minister was to speak in the Theatre Royal. Uh, the journal, quote, A lighted chair which apparently had been soaked in oil, was hurled into the orchestra from one of the boxes. <laughs> They're marinating chairs now? I just want to see flaming a... flaming chair. A flaming chair. <laughs> Great. No notes. Seeing that the curtain of a box was on fire, the audience was somewhat alarmed. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But, calm- but you also want to hear how it ends. <laughs> But calm was restored when the theater attendants extinguished the flames. Yeah, that's time to feel comfortable again. (laughs) Chairs out. Okay. That's fine. Sorry. I'm sure that'll be the last flaming (laughs) chair. There it is. You can't do that again. So, Ireland's weird. Uh, Sylvia and, uh, oh God, Adela, this is cut off, but uh, they left the WSPU after Christabel gave them an ultimatum to stop with their side helping of poor activists. So they were, they were helping the poor on the side. Remember the original yeah, yeah, yeah. thing? So they were gone from the WSPU. Uh, Emmeline and Christabel still thought wealthy, educated women would do best with the vote. Christabel, quote, working women are of no value to us. It's tough. Tough. It's weird that there's classism in England, right? Yeah. Is this the first time you guys have heard about this? Yeah. They are the weakest of their sex. What? How can it be otherwise when their lies are so hard and their education so meager? Oh, my God. If anything, that's why. <laughs> we want picked women the very strongest and most intelligent. 
Anyway, that's one of our heroes. Yep. Uh, I know. Yeah, it's hard. Yeah, it's, it's hard. In late 1912, Sir Edward Gray included women in a bill that was to extend the vote to more men. So he, like, pork-barreled in, like... Women? More men will get to vote, and women. And everyone's like, wait a minute. Read yes. back the last bit. So they were like... So it, what did you say at the end? <laughs> it sounds like you mispronounced men again. <laughs> you keep adding a word at the top. But I just love that they were putting forth a bill to give more votes to yeah, men. Yeah, more votes. While all this is going on, they're like, oh, I have an idea. What about more ladies, votes for Ladies, ladies, we have heard you. We hear your cries. More men can vote. <laughs> a chair. Why is that chair on fire? Uh, oh, no. A fiery ottoman. So. I think they're going to do the den. So when this bill was uh, moving forward, Emmeline called the truce again until the bill was heard on January 13th. And at that time, the bill was defeated. Mm -hmm. And the attacks began again. Okay. Telegraph and telephone wires were cut. They severed communication between London and Glasgow. Well, the case that... And we know that's a journey. (laughs) (laughs) The case that held the crown jewels was cracked open. Oh, dear. The residence of the Archbishop of Canterbury was invaded and palace windows were smashed. (laughs) That's the sound from the palace. (laughs) Everyone's fainted. That's just the normal sound from the palace, though. Christabel wrote, quote, if men use explosives and bombs for their own purposes, they call it war. Why should a woman not make use of the same weapons as men? Well, ah, men, that's the testicles. (laughs) That's why. A home being built for David Lloyd George was bombed. On April 2nd, Emmeline was arrested under the Malicious Damage to Property Act for having counseled and procured someone else to do the bombing. If she was found guilty, Emmeline told the court, quote, I tell you quite honestly and frankly, I shall not submit to it. I shall, the moment I leave this court, if I am sent to prison, I shall quite deliberately refuse to eat food. I shall join the women who are already in Holloway on the hunger strike. I shall come out of prison, dead or alive, at the earliest possible moment. And once out again, I, as soon as I am physically fit, I shall enter into this fight again. Yeah, she's a little bit of a badass. Yeah. She was given a three-year sentence. Once the sentence got out, more violence occurred. Unoccupied country houses were set on fire. That one I didn't really get. Well, I mean, you know, it's your summer home. (laughs) The grandstand uh, uh, on race course was burned to the ground. A bomb was set off in Oxted Station, London, blowing out walls. Empty railroad carriages were blown up. And... Emmeline began a hunger strike. The government was afraid to force feed her because it could lead to even more violence, so they created a new law uh, just for suffragettes. Uh, it was called the Cat and Mouse Act. Mm. It said when the prison doctor certified a hunger striker was in danger of dying, she would be given a license slash ticket of leave and released. So... 
once healthy, she was expected to return to the prison at a date specified. This is... Let me guess how many times they tried this. One time. (laughs) What, like... While out, the woman was under surveillance and couldn't leave her home. Okay. And she's expected to just eat naturally now that she's being surveilled? Yeah. Well, they, well yeah, well, they did. I mean, they got out. They're like, I'm out. I'll eat. But they're not going to go back to prison. Right. Okay. Yeah. After, right. So after 10 days, Emmeline was released uh, with heart ir- irregularities in pain and having lost two stone or 28 pounds for other places. She ripped yeah, up the... By the, the way... Ri- I love how England has dug its heels in on that one. Yeah, it's sticking with sticking the stone. Sticking with stones. Sticking with the stone. stone. It's a little a stone. It's like you guys can make and fun of us way, for a lot of shit, but that one's. I think fucking fourteen pounds you. is a rock. Okay. So, personally, <laughs> stones end at nine. It's just top stone. Just how much do you lose? <laughs> oh, it's about this much. And uh, how many twigs tall are you? Oh, I'm. Uh, ooh, seven. All right, he's a seven twigger, and he's thirty stone. Big boy. Big boy. <laughs> Uh, so when she was given this return ticket in the jail, she just ripped it up in front of the governor and said, quote, I have no intention of obeying this infamous law. You release me knowing perfectly well that I shall never voluntarily return to any of your prisons. Uh, cops raided the WSPU headquarters and arrested the office workers, even though they had never done anything. Mm-hmm. On November 12th, uh, on, sorry, November 1912, Emily Davidson went to Aberdeen Station with a riding whip to attack Lloyd George. What? <laughs> yes, yes. But she mistook him for a Baptist minister. Oh, boy. <laughs> and by the way, by the way, what you expect to hear from a guy getting hit with a riding whip is you've got the wrong guy. So it's only like, yeah, right, bitch. Yeah, bitch. Yeah. You like that? Huh? Bear pony? Huh? Well, I'm sorry. What is that a cross? <laughs> Do my. She hit him twice in the face. Nice. Yeah, take that, bishy. <laughs> and then she had a station, station official who tried to stop her, and then a porter. She was given 10 days in jail and went on her seventh hunger strike Jesus. and was force-fed for the 49th time. Oh, wow. Isn't it kind of cool that just straight-up torture was happening in your country for votes? They seem proud. Yeah. Yeah, it's a little. Yeah, but that's for the safety of our. Hold on. Yeah, you're miss. You. It's that's. I mean, <laughs> have you ever seen Bin Laden's uh, limo driver? Yeah. <laughs> it's. <laughs> He's really there. It's different. Uh, it's different because it, this is about Guantanamo Bay is about freedom. That's right. So that's right. You're not understanding. Yeah, you guys don't really get it. And by the way, Obama's going to close it. Yeah, he said he would. Get over yeah. it. He said he would. It's in the works. I trust him. He's never. He's never. He's never not done anything he said he was going to do. Yeah. Change hope. Bye. <laughs> Change hope. Fascism. Change hope. Uh, Trump. So. Uh, Emily Davison was released after four days. A few months later, uh, she went to Epsom to attend the Derby, or Derby, as you call it. As the horses passed the final turn, she went under the rail, ran in front of a horse, and was knocked down. Holy shit. The horse did a somersault over its jockey. Not on purpose. No. 
No, no. They they have uh, old footage, and the the horse goes wee. <laughs> and now for a round off. Uh, he dragged the jockey a few yards, which and for a jockey is further. <laughs> How many twigs is that? <laughs> uh, Emily died four days later. Wow. Uh, many years later, a documentary crew looked at the photos, and she appears to be trying to attach a scarf to the horse's bridle. She's trying to put a message. Just a bad uh, sure. call. It's tough. Uh, Emily tried to go to the funeral, but was arrested for leaving her house. The funeral procession was a mile long. Back in jail... Emily went on a hunger and thirst strike. Oh, dear. Which is incredibly painful. Yeah. I mean, that can't go on for long. No. That's, she that, was released days. after three days. Yeah. She eluded the cops' surveillance and made her way to a liberal meeting, but was arrested before she could get to the platform. WSPU members fought the cops for half an hour to trying to keep her from being arrested. So that's where she's got the bodyguard, right? They're right. there. Yeah. They're, yeah. Right. So they're fighting. Right. The jujitsu. Yes. There's some jujitsu happening at that point. I mean, point. that is just... And how popular... Was, like, jujitsu probably wasn't that well known in this, like, class of the I, male elite, right? Yeah, no, I don't think the, the men were like, where's the jujitsu Yeah, area? but the second you grab them by the collar, they're like, oh, I've just had that pressed. And they whoa! <laughs> and I'm flying around! Oh! <laughs> I'm flying over a little woman's head! It's so great that the women are finally tossing the men around. Yes. Uh, so she decided to resist prison. Okay, different. So she wouldn't get out of the cab. The cab? She wouldn't undress and put on prison clothes. She wouldn't do anything. Quote, I shall not go to bed, not once while I'm kept here. I am weary of this brutal game, and I intend to end it. She just lay on the floor and took no food or water, she wouldn't even allow the doctor to feel her pulse. By the third day, Emmeline could see how bad she looked from the faces of the governor and doctor when they came to her cell, but they still didn't release her. So she started walking around the cell, staggering up and down until she collapsed. Quote, at four in the afternoon, they found me gasping and half unconscious, and then they released her. She went to the U.S., and uh, returned a month later, and as she was returning, they arrested her for a fifth time. This time, the boat was anchored two miles out, and they went out and got her. They Jesus. took her to prison in Exeter. Uh, a prison official there told her they just wanted to keep her from going to a big party that was being held to celebrate her return. Jesus, that's it? Yeah. Cool. When suffrage is heard, she'd been arrested a huge fire broke out in the timber yards at Richmond Walk, Devonport. What uh, caused them? Naturally? <laughs> Did they not clean the floor of the forest properly? It's, yeah, that's right. They didn't rake the forest. Right. Tied to a railing were two messages to the government. One was, quote, a reply to the torture of Miss Pankhurst and her cowardly arrest at Plymouth. Fires then destroyed unoccupied houses in Bristol and Scotland and partly destroyed St. Anne's Church in Liverpool. After... <laughs> <laughs> whatever, whatever turns your crank. After a four-day hunger, thirst, everything strike, Amelie was released and then arrested again 
uh, December 1913, right? So that's the cat and mouse right. game. They release you, they arrest you. They release you, right. they arrest you. You just don't know when you're going to be in prison or not. Right. Again, no food, no drink. And now she added a sleep strike. Jesus Christ. After several days, she was released. There was an sleep opera. is a hard thing to take a strike on because yeah. eventually you are like... <laughs> yeah. Uh, there was an opera at Covent Garden. The king, queen, and entire court were there. Uh, the WSPU got a box directly opposite the royal box. Ow! StubHub? How do you get that? <laughs> Surely. Three women, well, they're, at this point, even rich people are like, oh, give them the vote. Yeah, yeah, you know, right, So right, right. a lot of people are helping out. So three women were in it, dressed in gowns. They locked and barricaded the door. At the end of the first act... One stood up with a megaphone and addressed the king. By the way, if you're at the show, you're like, boy, this guy's a genius. What did he write? <laughs> I love the direction. This is crazy. Look at this. Guerrilla theater. She told them women were fighting for liberty and being tortured and done to death in the name of the king. Quote, at this very hour, the leader of these fighters in the army of liberty was being held in prison and tortured by the king's authority. The audience completely lost their shit and panicked. But the, fl- the door was finally broken down and the women were removed. Then 40 women who were sitting in an upper gallery threw suffrage literature mm. down on the heads of the audience below. Oh, yes. I mean, it's raining! Is- it's raining! Words! This is... Ah! Yeah. I got a real fight club vibe going on now. <laughs> uh... Emily was annou- uh, announced she would lead a deputation to Buckingham Palace. <laughs> That's right. No, my home. She wrote to the king asking him to give them an audience, something that he had, e- that had even been done for Irish Catholics by King George III. Right. So if you did it for the Irish Catholics. Surely. I mean, good Lord. There's no bottom. <laughs> Uh, Emily was next arrested in Glasgow during a speech. Uh, she snuck in. There was just, it was just like a big. So this is not a necessarily sub- a speech. Well, it's a big. It's a big suffragist meeting, right? Oh, okay. A rally going okay. on right. in Glasgow. It's a huge one. So she she sneaks out. They the the uh, the bodyguards would do stuff like have other people dress up like her, and then the cops would run out and tackle her, and then they realize it wasn't her, and she'd gotten away. Wow, like so, the Thomas Crown affair. <laughs> So they might have done that here. Yeah. Uh, So she went there, and then she got to the platform, and she stood up and started talking. And then the uh, Scotland Yard detectives started approaching the platform. This is good detective work, by the way. Mm -hmm. Really sniff this one out early. (laughs) And then they tried to pull on the platform to pull it down, but they had placed barbed wire hidden in bouquets. Oh. <laughs> and the fucking force you're grabbing that oh with. Oh, my God. That is all the rage. You, we finally got her. Yeah. <laughs> and then, her, then the bodyguards fought the cops. Great. So then the entire crowd started to fight the cops. Mm-mm. So they're... There's just a fucking massive brawl going on while she speaks. Well, it's also easy to push people and fight them when your hands are bleeding like you have the stigmata. That's real simple when you're like, <laughs> use your feet. Uh, Do kicking machine. Come on, Gene. 
So it was a very long battle that went on, but they were finally able to get their hands on Emmeline. Uh, it later would become known as the Battle of Glasgow. Well, I thought you were going to say it would be called the half-off sale. <laughs> I'm sure someday they'll make that into Sure, yeah, yeah, yeah right. I'm exactly. sure you could go up to Glasgow and they'd be like, oh, the sale, Battle of Glasgow sale? <laughs> uh-huh. Yeah. Half-off all these dishes. <laughs> uh, so Emmeline's back in jail. The Home Secretary's house was attacked. 18 windows were broken. A suffragette named By the Mary- way, that's... Fuck you if you have 18 windows. <laughs> <laughs> Unless it's a greenhouse. A suffragette named Mary Richardson smuggled a meat chopper. Pardon? What, what is it, like a deli slicer? Yeah, or it's like, like a meat, just a yeah. Ha- yeah, hatchet? Uh, into the National Gallery and slashed the canvas of the Rokeby Venus. So she went and did and fucking messed up a classic painting. Okay. Nearly all galleries and museums then closed to the public. Good, Which good. really hurt the tourist industry. Yeah. Which really upset people, and now people are screaming at the government to do something. Emmeline marched to give uh, their resolution to the king on May 21st, and they were met by several thousand cops. The violence was the exact same as Black Friday. They were beatings. It just went on for a while. And after it was over, Emmeline was back in Holloway on a hunger strike and again released. Now, after the act of doing this horrible thing of trying to get a piece of paper with words on it to the king... The nerve. The... The press turned against the suffragettes. Western Mail headline, quote, Suffragette attack on Buckingham Palace. Dublin Daily Express, madness and crime. The Daily Mirror headline, quote, biting the police. By the way, let's get a second draft on that headline. (laughs) It did not slow them down. From the Manchester Courier and uh, Lancashire... General Advertiser, get your fucking name down a little bit. Uh, (laughs) Quote, an attempt to blow up the pipe which carries water from a lock Katrine to Glasgow is reported. A watchman doing his rounds noticed two heaps of earth and on these being examined, two bombs with half-burnt fuses were discovered. If an explosion had wrecked the pipe, half of the water supply of Glasgow would have been cut off. Wow. There was a note, quote, a protest against the magistrate's decision not to inquire into the arrest of Miss Pankhurst. Ameline is now one of the most powerful women in England. Right. But on the 28th of July, 1914, World War I broke out, and Emmeline quit fighting for the women's vote. She just stopped. Okay. Both... Emmeline and Cristobal declared an end to their suffrage war. No fighting the government when the government is fighting the Germans or the Hungarians. Or it's a fucked up one. Because out of respect, she's patriotic. Well, Emmeline is patriotic, and so is Cristobal. She switched her message from votes for women. Two, women have a patriotic duty to forget about the vote temporarily and support the war. Okay, that's not nearly as catchy. (laughs) And then 
she worked with her nemesis, David Lloyd George. Oh, shit. They had secret meetings, and he asked her to organize a demonstration demanding that he allow women to work. Okay. And so with government funding... No. Emmeline backed and led a huge demonstration where women demanded to be this allowed to work in factories. Bullshit. Oh, my God. What kind of goal? I mean... In December, 18th, uh, December 1918, an act was passed giving the vote to women over 30 who owned certain property. Okay, great. Cristobal was now... Uh, by the way, the whole thing with her leading everybody that... Worked. Right. So everybody thought, right. Okay. Of course. Um, Cristobal, now this is when Emma Goldman was running around saying everyone should fuck everybody else and free sex and stuff. Mm -hmm. Also great policy. Uh, Cristobal was very against that. She was now convinced people, especially men, were impure and started giving pro-chastity lectures. She then became a second Adventist preacher. Wow. That's a shame. And wrote religious books. Oh, boy. Here we go. Sir, how long has it been? Absolutely not. Word. None of that was a word. Well, he's looking to bang. <laughs> uh, Emmeline moved to Canada, and she became a citizen and started speaking out against communism and called to stop non-white immigration. <sighs> and then her new cause became stopping the spread of venereal disease. This is, I mean, this is some really weird sequels. (laughs) Yeah, this is like when J.J. Abrams started writing shit. It feels like we've lost the plot a touch, (laughs) that it's no longer, okay. Uh, After a while, uh, she stopped uh, going out and speaking and moved back to England. And in 1927, at 69, she stood as a candidate for parliament as a conservative. Oh, my God. We had such a good run. Sylvia wrote a public letter saying her mother had turned her back on everything she used to believe in. By Christmas, Emmeline had become too ill to campaign and withdrew. Adela married a union man, moved to Australia, and fought for workers' wages and living conditions for years. Sylvia became a socialist and warned of fascism when everyone else was embracing Hitler and Mussolini. (laughs) Well, history proved her wrong. Yeah, Mussolini was great. Yeah, he was great. He's the best, he's got the best nod of any leader ever. Uh, Christabel was eventually made Dame Commander of the British Empire. Wow. Well, you know, you know, you, you know, you walked away from your values if that happened. Yeah, right, right, yeah. Uh, March of 1928, the Equal Suffrage Bill Act gave full voting rights to all women over 21, and uh, Emmeline died on June 14th, 1928. So that was not a great ending for her. No. Well, it's the ending we all have, but... But, it, but, it, but it's not... Like the thing that they said from the beginning, that we want rich women to have the vote and yeah. not poor women, it, it's not that distant from that opinion, right? No, no. It's not a huge... When, when you really look at it, that's not a huge leap. I mean, either, either you're for all people, 
having yeah. rights and equality, yep. or you're not. Well, and the truth is that, like, what sucks is when someone is in activism for a long time and then gets power through activism and is then has a higher profile and is then is uh, easier to bribe and... I mean, the conservatives fucking loved her in Canada. Yeah. Could, well, because you've got such a gr- you've got a great track record. Yeah. So it's like what you're saying is trusted. Yeah. Uh, the main sources were uh, Emily Pankhurst, uh, my own story, and uh, Emily and her daughters, the Pankhurst suffragettes, by Julian Messner. I mean, uh, Noble, Noble, huh? or Iris Noble, two two people. Sorry. Sure. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Feel good? Yep, yep. feel good. Uh, oh, and I want to thank uh, Anne uh, Mominy for doing the research. Uh, yeah, that was a bummer when uh, I got to the end of that. Yeah. And, uh, <laughs> I was really, because I'm always, because I'm always getting, I, I've, I've always wanted to tell this story uh, for two reasons. First of all, just, Way beyond what uh, the American women went. Like, we had what no, was known as the Night of Terror, and then it sort of changed a lot of shit. But you guys were like, let's just do terror for a few years. Uh, but, uh, but the battle they, they put up and the fighting and how fucking crazy violent it got. And, and also, they, that's a roadmap yeah. for, say there was something going on today that no one was addressing. Uh, imagine. There's a roadmap. Um, and it turns out, you know, she made a really good point. I don't know if I took the quote out or not, but they, the, the high ups really like their property. And um, well, you didn't need really to give us like the quote. <laughs> They're super into the property. It is, um, but they, you know, no one really pays attention to you if you walk around in the street and don't do anything. Uh, when has that ever actually gotten anything? Well, Unless they're killing you by the hundreds, and then they're like, all right, there's so many bodies. And especially now, because it feels like now is the peak of how elite, you know, the elite class or politicians know that they can just not respond to you online. They can just send you to voicemail when you call. You can't get into their offices. Yeah. They have security around them. Yeah, we literally, I don't know what it's like for you guys, but we literally can't go visit our politicians. Well, it's like, imagine if Donald Trump was walking around the streets. Like, it is what happens with Boris Johnson. It's like, it's fucking great because yeah. it's like he deserves this shit, but we're at the point now where it's just like, it's fucking over, you know? And truly, what they tell you and what your media tells you is always that, you know, you, there are ways to handle this. There are routes you can handle this with that shit. Proper routes. That Proper routes. And done. it's bullshit because they don't pay attention. Mm-hmm. They don't fucking listen. And like in this story, you, you have to fucking rattle the goddamn cage before anyone. You got to make them scared. The reason. And you're, you're at the peak now of them not being scared. I mean, if there was, uh, yes. like, not to say anything against the idea of women's right to vote or for any, you know, any group that is disenfranchised or anything like that, but there's one cause right now that without that cause succeeding, no, all the other causes don't matter. are not causes. Yeah. I don't know what, I don't know what. Sir. I don't know what was just, I, like, I have no fucking idea. I've got this. Mate, it's not like that. Oh, it's going to be different in 2024. Don't do that. Go out back and get a bloody shag. Would you try? Who did he want to stop No, I don't think so. Sir, who, sir. Who was the politician without, you hate? Without, without talking too much. What the fuck did you just say? <laughs> Slow down. 
Stop who? Stop oh, yeah. Kanye. We don't have to worry about Kanye. Sir, by the way, I've never regretted having someone repeat something more at a show. <laughs> we got, yeah, we should will be stop a lot Kanye. more worried about The Rock. Yeah. The, the Rock versus Kid Rock election in America Sorry, actually, in 2024. We like to call him the stone, uh, where we come from. <laughs> yeah, I do think, I mean, as you know, and I'm sure why that story is so yes, important to you. Yes, that story is very important today. Yeah, because you have to, you just are being, we are being ignored. Stuff where 75%, and the media is not on your fucking side. The media is so slanted. Our media in America is so fucked and ruined. And, you know, you're not going to get, in America at least, the actual facts and the news from watching TV or even reading the paper. You know, it's just, it's fucked. You look at what's going on in Hong Kong and France, like... What's going on? (laughs) No. (laughs) And then the yellow vest, they have this whole cause where they're like, they have yellow vests. What? Yeah, because Macron is like, it's, it's again, the elite side. Yep. <laughs> no, I don't think so. We'll talk after, okay? We'll okay. go get a bite to eat. We'll go force feed you so. or something like that. Thank you so much for coming out, Manchester. Appreciate it entirely. If you got a VIP ticket, stick around. Thank you, guys. Appreciate it. Oh, hey there, everybody. It's Gareth, you know, from this uh, this podcast. Uh, listen, I've got some stand-up shows I'm inviting the Garmy, the Gareth Army, to join me for. I will be in Fort Collins, Colorado, August 18th and August 19th. I will be in Minneapolis, Minnesota, August 24th through August 26th at Acme. I will be going to the UK in September. Please join me. I will be in Glasgow, September 13th, London, September 15th, Dublin, September 17th, and September 19th, Manchester, Birmingham, September 20th, Bristol, September 22nd, and Cardiff, September 24th. And then in November, I'll be in Australia. November 10th, almost sold out, I think. I'll be in Melbourne, Australia. Then I will be in Northbridge, Australia on November 15th. Adelaide, November 16th. Canberra, November 17th. Brisbane, November 18th. And then I will be in uh, Sydney on November 24th. Go to GarethReynolds.com for tickets. Garmy, let's get at it. After it. Let's see you there. Hey there, people listening to The Dollop. Uh, this is Gareth. Yes, the same guy. I Listen, I have a new podcast called We're Here to Help that I'm doing with my friend Jake Johnson. It's basically a call and advice show where we don't say that we're professionals because we aren't, but we try to help people with problems that are important to them. You can listen to it wherever you listen to podcasts, and it is out right now. So go listen to We're Here to Help with Jake and Gareth. We're here to help with Gareth and Jake. I don't remember how we did it, but either way, fun half hour comes out Tuesday, August 22nd, and the episodes will be out every Tuesday and Friday. We're here to help 